This is the Friends of Israel Today. I'm Steve Conover, and with me is Chris Katulka. We're glad to have you with us for today's program because we'll be telling you about an important work we're doing in Eastern Europe. You'll learn what God's doing in places like Poland and Russia and how you can partner with us in ministry to God's chosen people. Our ministry highlight show is really important to us because it gives you the opportunity to see that we're more than just a radio show. The Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry is ministering all around the world, serving the Jewish people. And so that's why today we're going to speak with Timothy Rabinik, who's ministering in Eastern Europe and in Poland. And we're going to share with you some great ways that you can partner and pray for him. Also, we're going to be looking at a new Russian law that has recently come out that's banning certain aspects of being able to share the gospel, and then finally, apples of gold. Now, I was recently reading in the news a new Pew Research report showing that Islam is the fastest growing religion in the world, and they are the only religious group growing faster than the world's population as a whole. Now, if these current trends continue, Muslims will outnumber Christians becoming the largest religious group in the world by 2070. Now, many are asking, how could this happen? And really, the answer is quite simple. Muslims have more children than any other religious group. So by sheer family size, they are outpopulating the rest of the world. So what can we do? This is, the, this is really what it comes down to. What can we do as Christians? Well, you know, God never promised that Christianity would be the largest religion in the world as we wait for the return of Christ. But he did give us the command of the Great Commission. So let's not lose sight of what we've been called to do to make Christ known in every nation. Every so often we like to highlight a ministry of the Friends of Israel gospel ministry. And it's important for us to do this because, see, we want you to understand that the Friends of Israel today is just a small part of a greater ministry called the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry that's reaching people with the gospel all around the world. And we've been doing that since 1938. It's a really important part for people to know that our ministry is not just here in New Jersey, but it's global. We always like to say the sun never sets on the ministry of the Friends of Israel. And that's why today I am really excited to have our Eastern European representative for the Friends of Israel, Timothy Rabinik, on the line. He's calling in from Poland. Timothy, great to have you, my friend. Thank you for joining us. It's wonderful to be with you. Thank you for uh, having me on the show. This is great. I am so excited. Timothy, you and I did a program together uh, in in the past. I went through a program called the Institute of Jewish Studies back in 2000. And then I don't think a year, uh, maybe a year after that, you showed up and did the Institute of Jewish Studies, if I remember correctly. Is that right? That is correct. Oh, it was a wonderful program. And I I really... um come back in, in memories to that to that program. It was just wonderful. That's awesome. But you have graduated from the Institute of Jewish Studies. You've gone on, and now you are back in Poland, and you are ministering with the Friends of Israel. First of all, I was reading your report, and in your report that you gave me, you, you shared how, the name of Poland and its history and what it means. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about the name of Poland and, and why it's so important? Sure, Chris. Well, Poland is a specific country, and um, it's a, it is a specific field of ministry uh, to the Jewish people, because um, Poland used to be the biggest Jewish community in Europe before World War II. 
Uh, for centuries, Pol- Poland was an asylum for Jewish people who escaped the persecution in Western Europe. Hmm. And, you know, it's hard to imagine today, but Poland used to be called Polania. And uh, it was a name used by the Jewish people, Polania. And this, this name can be broken down into three Hebrew words. It is Po, meaning in Hebrew, here. Yeah, it's Lan, meaning in Hebrew, dwells. And Yah, Yah, meaning in Hebrew, God. So if you put all those three uh, words, those three Hebrew words together, you come up with God dwells here, Polania. That's and I think it's in, 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 incredible that Polish uh, people uh, and, and their land was called Polania by the Jewish people. And this is just an example uh, showing you how important Poland used to be for Jewish people. Tell me this, would you say that that, that name, the meaning of the name Poland still uh, resonates? You're saying God dwells here. Do you feel as though God is still dwelling there? Or what is that feeling of uh, the spiritual nature of Poland right now? Well, no, no, definitely not. Uh, everything has changed since World War II. And today, when you say Poland to a Jewish person, his first reaction is uh, the Holocaust. Mm. And uh, it is, it is uh, very sad, but uh, this is the first reaction of Jewish people when they hear Poland. There are actually uh, trips um, organized from Israel to Poland uh, where Jewish people see uh, the death camps. And that's why um, most of their association with Poland today is, is, is death. Yeah, so if an Israeli is coming to Poland, they're not coming to vacation. Usually they're coming to see some of the concentration camps. Yes. And so, uh, you know, it's not like they're going to the beach. They're, they're actually remembering history, and it's not a history in a good light for them. So Poland's always remembered in that way. Can you share with us a little bit, Timothy, about your, your, your ministry in Eastern Europe and in, uh, in Poland? Well, because uh, we are living in a very specific historical context, and... Uh, because we have a very difficult history here in Poland and Eastern Europe, uh, a history that uh, affected uh, greatly the Jewish people, um, a lot of our ministry here in this part of the world is, is uh, coming with uh, a words of comfort for the Jewish people. Mm. You know, in Isaiah, verse, uh, in Isaiah 40, verse 1, we read, Comfort, O comfort my people. Um, and often, this is what we need to start with when we um, reach out to Jewish people in Eastern Europe. Uh, many uh, Jewish people we meet, uh, you know, survived the Holocaust. Uh, I'm talking about the, uh, the older people. They have experienced really dark times in their life. So it is, it is a, a ministry of comforting uh, those people. Uh, we want to uh, reach out to them. And as it is written in Psalm 18, verse uh, 28, uh, where we read, For it is you who light my lamp. The Lord my God lightens my darkness. And uh, this, is, this is something, um, this is a, a task that we need to do. Uh, and, and this encouraging, comforting Jewish people uh, needs to continue today. Yeah, and you're doing this. Are, are you doing anything? You know, Passover is right around the corner. Are you doing anything during Passover to reach out to the Jewish community in Poland and in Eastern Europe? Oh yes, we uh, we organize uh, trips to all those um, former Soviet Union countries, such as Belarus, Ukraine, 
and we uh, organize uh, food packages um, before uh, the holidays of uh, Passover, as you mentioned, or other Jewish holidays, yeah. where we visit those elderly Jewish people. And it's, it's, um, it's an amazing uh, experience, especially when I organize young people to come with me to visit uh, Jewish people. Uh, it's, it's, it's an amazing when, when those Jewish people, for the first time, see Christians who tell them, you know, we love you, we, we love the Jewish people, uh, we believe you are uh, the chosen nation of God, and we want to pray for you. Uh, and it, it, it's, a, it's a shocking experience for those uh, Jewish people, because all they knew uh, in, in, in their life uh, was, was something very contrary to that. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a beginning, beginning of a process uh, that um, is very hard. It's, uh, it, you need to really break some barriers, uh, but it's, it, it's a blessing for us that we can have this opportunity to, to reach out to those, to those Jewish people. And you're, so you are on the front lines, Timothy. You are the one who is out there uh, really, like you said, tearing these barriers down because I'm sure those walls— uh, are really, really thick between the Jewish community and 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 really the rest of Poland and even the the Christian community. And yet you're working hard to tear those walls down. And, and you know, I love this because at the center of the gospel, at the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry, is this idea of reconciliation. And you are working hard to re- uh, reconcile the Jewish community with the Christian community. And at the center of that is the gospel of Jesus, the Messiah. And you're not just doing that in Poland. You're actually taking um, young adults from Poland to Israel through a program called Living Bridges. Can you share a little bit about that? Oh, yes. It's a a very uh, different uh, program, but uh, the concept is similar. Mm, Because, as I mentioned, uh, we have a difficult history of World War II, and uh, this history has affected uh, Jewish and Polish people. Um, and this, uh, this history has a huge impact on the Jewish and Polish relations today. Uh, Jewish people are afraid of Poland, as I mentioned, because they associate it with uh, huge death camps. Um, and uh, on the other hand, Polish people, um, after World War II, were subjected to years of communistic regime, which also created many stereotypes about Jewish people. And many of those stereotypes are very hard to break, especially among older people. And this is why the Living Bridges program is designed to reach the new generations of Jewish and Polish people. The program is very special, uh, in my opinion, because we try to work in both countries. It's not just taking young people to Israel, but it's also working in Poland uh, with uh, Polish and Jewish youth. And we organize different uh, charity projects. For example, I can give you one. Uh, we clean Jewish cemeteries in Poland. Mm. There are about 1,200 Jewish cemeteries in Poland, and only few of them are taken care of. Wow, that's amazing. And, you know, this is, this is because we used to have a lot of Jewish people. Before the war, there was... Three million Jewish people living in Poland, and those Jewish people could take care of of the cemeteries. Now, when they're gone, uh, there is nobody really to take care of them. And we try to unite Polish Christians with you from Israel to clean up those cemeteries. And you can imagine, you can just imagine uh, how uh, how big of a witness it is for Jewish youth to see Polish youth helping them to clean the Jewish cemeteries. Uh, they are shocked to learn they are doing it for free. 
Yeah. Uh, they ask why, and, and it's a it's a wonderful beginning of uh, of of a friendship, of an opportunity to share the the gospel and also God's Word. Folks, I want you to go to foiradio.org, and right there on our homepage, you'll find a link to take you to the Friends of Israel gift catalog. And within that gift catalog, you're going to find several ministries, global ministries happening that you can partner with, you can pray for and partner with financially. And one of those uh, ministries that's in there is Timothy Rabinick's ministry in Eastern Europe with the Eastern European Relief Fund, and also with the Living Bridges uh, program as well. You know, for $50, you can actually be a part of a cost-sharing program to help young adults from Poland go to Israel, and an $850 donation will actually sponsor a young adult. So, folks, number one, I want to encourage you to go to foiradio.org, and there you can find that information. And Timothy, before we close, can you just share really quickly a brief prayer requests. How can people be praying for you in your ministry in Eastern Europe? Yes. Uh, well, p- please pray for our wisdom um, so that we are uh, using the right words to reach out to the Jewish communities in, in, uh, in Poland, in Eastern Europe, and also those that are coming, coming to Poland, uh, so that we would remove the stones um, that are uh, that are there, as uh, Isaiah wrote in, uh, in six, Isaiah 62, verse 11, uh, so that the stones would be removed. Mm. Remove all the stumbling blocks. Yeah, remove the stumbling blocks, so the, the stumbling blocks would be removed. Uh, please pray for uh, safety in in, uh, in this region. You know, the, the situation in Ukraine is also very, very dynamic. Everything's changing. But we see uh, this as an opportunity that uh, God is opening the hearts of Jewish people and helping us to reach more and more uh, Jewish people. And pray for our next generation of of young believers so that they would also fight uh, the stereotypes uh, that are still here in Poland towards the Jewish people and that they would proclaim the truth about uh, Israel, the Messiah, uh, and God. We are so thankful, Timothy, that you are with the Friends of Israel. We pray for you often, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's, a, it's been a real uh, pleasure, and um, I, I'm just so so blessed to be able to tell you what, what God is doing, because it's not me, it's, it's, it's God. It's, it, he is doing all the work, and He's opening the, opening the doors that no human can open. Amen. It's such a joy to hear from Timothy about the work he's doing for the sake of the gospel in areas of Eastern Europe. Timothy comes from a history of workers at the Friends of Israel. I had the privilege of working with Timothy's father, Pavel, who unfortunately died when Timothy was young. I know Pavel would be proud to see his son following in his footsteps, serving the Lord with the Friends of Israel. And as Chris just mentioned, you can partner with Timothy through our gift catalog. Go to foiradio.org. On our website, you'll find specific ways to support our Eastern European Relief Fund, the Living Bridges Ministry, and Russian Children's Camps. Once again, go to foiradio.org to view our gift catalog and donate online to support the work Timothy and others are doing in Eastern Europe.
Welcome back, everybody. Speaking with Timothy Rabinick is a real encouragement to hear how he's reconciling those relationships between the Christian community and the Jewish community in Eastern Europe. And I, I, I know that uh, that Timothy also makes his way from Poland and Eastern Europe into uh, Russia as well. And, and I want to ask that you continue to pray for Timothy and other Friends of Israel workers who also do ministry in Russia, because last summer, Russia enacted a ban on evangelism, a piece of legislation that was embedded in Russia's new anti-terrorism laws. This new law is looking to put tight restrictions on the Christian community all throughout Russia. So, so really, here's what the law demands. The church must register with the Russian government, and any Christian activity like sharing the gospel or Bible studies or home church meetings that are not associated within the Russian compliance could be fined. And according to the law, an individual who is caught sharing the gospel apart from a registered Russian church could be fined as much as $780, while organizations could be fined as much as $15,000. Now, I don't know how Russia is approving these churches. I don't know what stipulations they need to have in order to find compliance with the government. Are they looking at their doctrine? Are they looking at their practices? This is something I'm unfamiliar with. But there is some level of compliance that's set in place for these ministries. So for missionary activity in and throughout Russia, this could pose as a massive roadblock in freely sharing the gospel. In a Christianity Today article I was reading titled, Russia's Ban on Evangelism is Now in Effect, the question Sarah's Listra, who wrote the article, asks is this, how strictly will this law be enforced? In the future, will we see Russia structuring the church as they see fit, or will this law just essentially be overlooked? The Christianity Today article had a great quote in it from a journalist named William Yoder, who's also the Russian evangelical uh, consultant, saying this, Russian evangelicals have many decades of experience in dealing with a non-sympathetic state. There have also been frequent run-ins with the state since the mid-1990s. Far-flung Russia will hardly be more successful regarding implementation of this new law. Essentially, Mr. Yoder is saying that these restrictions are nothing new to many Russian evangelicals, yet for Russia as a whole, it's pushing them backwards, not forwards. This is a question looming over the Russian church. The European Evangelical Alliance released a statement saying that they are extremely concerned on how this law will restrict religious freedom, and they urge the Christian community to pray that this law will unite Christians in a new way and that the Lord will strengthen and grow his church in the midst of this trial. So here's what I'm asking you to do. Number one, pray for the church to grow in the midst of this persecution. You know, oftentimes I think we want to ask God to make the law go away, to make living the Christian faith more easy. But we tend to forget that the church often grows the most when it's under the pressure of persecution. So let's pray that the, that the Lord will use this opportunity to grow his church in Russia. The second is this, let's pray for our workers ministering in Russia who are facing the realities of this new law, and that the gospel of Jesus the Messiah would continue to go forward in the middle of this trial. Remember, my friends, this is not a time to fear, but a time to take that fear and to turn it into faith in what God is doing. Even when it seems counterproductive to what we've been called to do, these laws, let's make sure that we're turning our fear into faith and to trust and turn to God during these times. 
Now, Apples of Gold, a dramatic reading from the life and ministry of Holocaust survivor Svi Kalisher. For many days, I had been asking myself, how do I find people like me who survived the Holocaust so that I may bring them the gospel of Christ? Speaking to them about faith is not easy. They do not want to hear about the Bible. But as we say in Israel, if God wills it, even a broom can shoot. Recently, a friend came to my home to ask for my help. It's V, he said. I know a 90-year-old man who is a Holocaust survivor and does not want to hear about the Lord. Would you please come and speak to him? He only wants to speak with people who have suffered as he did because only they understand what he's going through. I'm ready, I said. So I went to his home with my friend. We talked for quite a while and began to develop a friendship. I asked him how he dealt with all he endured during World War II, and I listened to his reply. Then he asked me the same question. In the beginning, I said, it was very hard for me. But over time, I started to read the Holy Bible and grow closer to the Lord, and it gave me hope and the courage to go on living. During the Holocaust, I was jealous of those who died I was ten when the Nazis came through Poland where I lived. I was separated from my family and have never seen them again. When the war was over, I came to Israel and someone gave me a Bible. And I read Psalm 27.10 where it is written, When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. He gave me courage to live and even enabled me to encourage others who walk that same long road of suffering. And here I am today, no longer suffering, because I put my trust in the Lord. He had many questions, and I told him how I came to know the Lord personally. At the beginning of my visit, he was extremely distraught, but he paid great attention to everything I said. And in time, I saw great joy appear over his face. Then I opened the Bible and began to read to him. He listened, and I could sense the Lord's presence. I have spoken to other Holocaust survivors, and they all ask the same questions. How can you speak about faith in God? You know what I have lived through. Where was God then? I asked him, How old are you? I am 90 years old, he replied. And who gave you this long life if not God himself? You could have died in Europe, but he brought you here and is taking care of you. So if you want to know where God was, look at yourself. He was with you the entire time so that you should come to know him and tell others about him. I showed him how God has blessed his chosen people by giving us back the land he promised to us and to our descendants forever. Despite all we've gone through, God has not forsaken us. As it is written, you are my servant, O Israel. 
in whom I will be glorified. I'd like to thank Timothy Rabinick for being with us. Pray for Timothy, his family, and his work in Eastern Europe. You can partner with him and the work he's doing by going to foiradio.org. You can write to us at FOI Radio, P.O. Box 914, Belmar, New Jersey, 08099. Quickly again, that's FOI Radio, P.O. Box 914, Belmar, New Jersey, 08099. Our host and teacher is Chris Katolka. Today's program was produced by Tom Gallion, engineered by Bob Beebe, co-written by Sarah Fern, Mike Kellogg read Apples of Gold, and our theme music was composed and performed by Jeremy Strong. I'm Steve Conover, executive producer. The Friends of Israel Today is a production of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. We are a worldwide Christian ministry communicating biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah while fostering solidarity with the Jewish people.